Welcome to the show up, Dad. This is a podcast for hardworking fathers looking to level up their fathering skills and be more than just a paycheck or provider for the home. I am super pleased to welcome none other than Kevin from Low Drag Line Hand fame. Kevin is a husband of nine years, a father of four kids, a journeyman lineman with 18 years in the trade, and a successful entrepreneur. Today, Kevin is going to share with us what it takes for him to be a show up dad. Welcome to the show, brother. So glad to have you on. It was good. It was good, man. I had just uh, probably, you know, uh, right in the middle of the road, average, you know, childhood, not, not necessarily like, you know, white picket fence, but pretty close. Uh, mom and dad married, still married, still alive. Uh, got I have a younger brother. He's three and a half years younger than I am. Um, spent my entire childhood in the same home. My dad worked for a grocery chain and my mom worked for the post office. So, you know, everyone, uh, everyone kind of knew who my mom was from the, from the mail route. It was, uh, couldn't get, get away with too much, you know, cause they would all see her every day. Um, but yeah, my dad, uh, he's retired now. My mom's retired, but, um, uh, grew up in a town called Marysville. It's about 45 minutes North of Sacramento in California. And we grew up, outside of town, riding dirt bikes, four-wheelers, play sports, baseball, football, for the most part. Um, And yeah, graduated high school in 2000, uh, kind of bounced around going to school a little bit, working, working and going to school. And then uh, was lucky enough to get a job with PG&E as a grunt. And that kind of, that's just like short summary yeah up until i was an adult (laughs) lots of cousins you know aunts and uncles had pretty big family Mm -hmm. wow it's it's pretty interesting to see that you had a you know the uh the basis of a nuclear family you know what i mean it's sad to say but that's rare these days you know what i mean with the parents being together you know what i mean growing up the way you did you know rambunctious you know what i mean just like me and my, my my brother did you know and uh that that's awesome to see you know um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Kevin, is how big of a role did your father play in your development? What do you remember? You know, the the biggest role my dad played in my development was um, he was he was always there, like he was always present. Um, you know, he he was off to work before I got up in the morning, and you know, in the in the grocery business there's not you know there's not a whole lot of days off you know and he, and he he had gotten into management when i was young and he was working his way up you know kind of through the management chain but um it it didn't matter if it was just like a normal wednesday night you know baseball game or whatever you know like my dad made all my games any any sporting activities myself or my brother did my parents you know both parents were always there um to pick us up you know take us there bring us home and and watch and support us and the, the, probably the biggest thing i got from my dad a couple things was um i remember um i was on the i was on the swim team in high school my senior year and i had only done swim team to i was going to play college football so i 
done the swim team to kind of get in shape and get ready. You know, um, I didn't want to play baseball my senior year. So I was, I was focusing on what I was going to do after high school and he would, he would still make all my swim meets. <laughs> and I was the worst, I was the worst male swimmer on the team by far, probably the worst male. And I was the worst. I sucked at swimming. Like it, it was torture and I wanted to quit so bad. And, um, I had finally quit. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like I quit. And like, I came home like, Oh, what are you doing home? I thought you had swim practice. I'm like, no, I quit. And he was just like, really? You quit? <laughs> like, and he was like, I've raised you better than that. Like, what do you mean you quit? You're going to get, go back, you know? And, uh, it, there was a couple times early on in life where I wanted to quit things. And he was just like, we're not quitters, you know, like, if you start something, you finish it. And if you don't want to do it any longer after you finish whatever your commitment is, that's fine. But if you start something, you need to finish it. You need to see it through. And uh, that, was, that was a big influence my dad had on me. And then the other was he was always truthful with me. Like he wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of half part of the everyone gets a trophy generation and, and half not, you know. Mm -hmm. I think if you go by the years, I was born in 82 that I am a millennial, but there's, there's kind of like a, a little catch 22 with like the early years of a millennial. So I caught kind of both ends of it, but my dad never, you know, would tell me a good, I did a great job. if I didn't do a great job. And when I was 12, we were playing little league. I didn't make all stars and you know, I wasn't like crush crying in, in the dugout or anything, but I was, I was bummed, you know, and he was just like, Hey man, like, dude, you weren't good enough. <laughs> like you, you just got to accept that, that you weren't good enough. And if you want to make all stars next year, you need to work harder. Like you need to get better. You need to spend more time, you know, out on the baseball diamond, you know, and, and that was that just like stuck with me forever. That, that ride home from the, like closing ceremonies and all the teams are there and they kind of announced, you know, the softball all-star team, the, you know, the baseball all-star team. And, you know, it's like every single one of my friends is there and, you know, it's like, dang, you know, I didn't make it. And just that ride home. It's like, Hey, you know, they got a good team. Hmm. <laughs> you just weren't, you weren't there. Hmm. You know, work harder. You know, don't, don't cry about it. You know? Yeah. So, how do you, how do you think Kevin that that hard truth that he shared with you that day? How do you think that affected you? I mean, did it did it cause you to to really look at yourself and be like, "All right, I need to try harder." You know what I mean? Or or what do you think looking back? Yeah, it 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 was it was kind of it's kind of crazy the effect that it had on me and, and still today like um I have like I'm a horrible liar. Like I can't, I can't lie. I can't fake it. <laughs> you know, like I, I, and I think that has, has something to do with it, you know, like just always, always from the time, you know, I can, I can remember it was just like, don't lie, tell the truth. You know, like if, if you messed up, fess up to it, take your lumps and, and learn from it and keep on moving. Um, and and that that was that was part of it and, and the other part was like don't 
you can't expect anything in life if you don't want to work for it, you know? And it, it was like, you weren't good enough. If you want it, work for it. Go out there and get it, you know? And, and uh, you know, the next year I did make All-Stars and I earned it, you know? And it was like kind of being able to see that that through, you know, from – Cause I was horrible at baseball. I took some, a couple of years off and, and did like, you know, Taekwondo and stuff like that. And, um, didn't want to play baseball. So like, I think from the age of like eight to 11, I didn't play. And I mean, I like didn't even play in the front yard or nothing. And my brother is super athletic. He's like way more athletic than me. He played, you know, division one college football and, and, um, sports came a lot easier to him than they did me. But, um, you know, when I came back to playing my 11 year old year, I, w I mean, dude, I caught one fly ball all year long. It was like a 99% chance I was going to drop the fly ball if it got hit out to left field. You know, they just like put me out in left field. I got to play whatever the minimum was. You had to play every player. That was me. You know, And so, dude, just like the kids on the team making fun of me and you know, like I had to like completely change. I had to like relearn how to throw a baseball. Like, I mean, it was embarrassing, dude. Like I couldn't imagine my parents just sitting in the stands at every game. And it's like, here I come out of the dugout into left field. And it's like, Oh God, please don't hit a ball towards him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you know, from between 11 and 13, man, that was kind of like some, some good years of learning how to how to put your head down and work if you wanted something or want to get better at something. It was just like, you know, sports at at that time in my life, you know, and probably most kids' life that are that age. I, I mean, it's different now with computers and you know, video games, and you know, there's a little bit there's a little bit more to do outside of you know athletic stuff, but at that age for me and during those years it was like dude sports was everything mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. all my friends played it was you know it was all any of us did outside of you know climbing trees and throwing rocks or whatever but mm -hmm. you know it was like our life my brother and and my life it just revolved around you know athletics so Looking back, was your father pretty athletic? Uh, was he a, a big sports fanatic or anything like that? No, not really. No, he um, he he was athletic, but my dad bounced around a lot as a kid. Came from a broken home, and and uh, I mean, he had a stepdad that that raised him from from pretty young, from pretty young, you know. So I mean, he he had a two parent household for the most part. Um, but he just, he never really played sports. Like that really wasn't, you know, his thing. But um, he was in the army. My parents met in the army. They were both in the military. So that's where my parents met. But, you know, my dad was kind of like, he never forced anything on me. You know, it, it was like, well, if you want to play, well, let's, let's do it. You know, like it was always, you know, if I wanted to do something like that, it was always an option, but it was never... You know, like I had some friends where it was like, dude, they're playing and their dad is making sure of that. And, 
it, it was uh, my dad was like polar opposite of that, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's good to see that he uh, supported the decisions you had, but he allowed you to make those decisions as well. You know, um, I think today, yeah. I think a lot of fathers, especially around our age groups, you know what I mean. I remember one time, give you an example. Uh, I grew up wrestling. I was a wrestling household. Um, I was wrestling since I was six. I went all over the country wrestling. Okay, um, needless to say. I was at this real big tournament and I saw this kid lose. Okay. And, and this family, I don't want to say any names, but this family was really big. They were five time state champions, meaning that they won state since eighth grade. Okay. I mean, these guys were phenomenal yeah. wrestlers and uh, the father is just very, very harsh on them. Well, anyhow, I had finished up and I went outside and I was going to change my single and I opened the door and I caught this dad and he had his son by the freaking shirt, dude, his, his singlet, right? And he had him against the wall. And in the other hand, he had a closed fist and he was going to smash his kid, dude. And it was, the, and, it, and if I can remember correctly, because those kids never lost, right? I think it was because he gave up a couple of points. He didn't even lose. He just, gave oh, up. they didn't even lose. <laughs> no, I mean, because these, these guys, you know what I mean? They never lost. I mean, they were phenoms. And it's kind of funny because one of them got to college and he totally just like was burnt out of, of, of wrestling. He had a full ride scholarship and he didn't want nothing to do with wrestling in college. You know what I mean? He just got into partying, turned all fat, you know what I mean? Drinking a lot of beer and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He just kind of walked away from it. You know what I mean? But it, it's crazy that if you don't have that balance, you know what I mean? Like, like how your dad did, you know what I mean? And then seeing, you know, the example I just gave, how we could have the negative effects on our children, you know what I mean? But uh, what other trait do you think you recognize in yourself? If you really to self-reflect, what other trait besides truthfulness, besides good work ethic, what other trait that you would say that you got from your father that you see yourself passing down to your kids? Like you catch yourself if you really think about it. Um, probably like I'm kind of a softy dude. Like, um, I care, I care about people, you know, like it's, um, I, I and the flip to that is I, I also have the ability to where, if someone screws me over, I mean, I can cut someone in the clear and, you know, like just right now. But but the flip to that is that, um, you know, unless, unless you give me some just over the top, you know, reason to to cut you in the clear, like I'll I'll do whatever I can to help you out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and my, my dad's kind of the same way. And. And just, you know, like an example is I, I was working on a crew and um, man, it was dicey, dude. Like none of us really got along. I mean, we all kind of tolerated each other and we were all, you know, pretty young. And uh, there wasn't a whole lot of supervision with the crew foreman or the supervisor. And um, one of the guys on the crew had gotten in. I mean, we had all gotten in a lot of trouble for some some work procedure stuff and no one got hurt, but, um, we were all, you know, under discipline, disciplinary actions. And one of the guys, uh, he had, he had like some trip plan, like he was going out of town for the weekend and it was a Friday and at PG and E, like 
it's not like on the outside where you know hey we're done with our poll it's it's two o'clock piece we're going home you know um at pg e you're done at two you go back to the yard and you sweep the yard till you know 4 30 or whatever quitting time is like you don't leave early and you don't leave early especially if you're in trouble and you don't leave early especially if you're in trouble and you're yarding out of the substation and the operator shack is in the substation and they got cameras and they got everything else like if they want to watch us they can watch us you know and i'm pretty sure we were all being watched on a pretty regular basis um but anyway so he was like man i had to do this yesterday with you know the investigation and they kept me late and i was supposed to i think he was going on a hunting trip or something and i was supposed to pack all my shit i didn't or stuff sorry i didn't get all my stuff pack so man no one's here it's just us i'm i'm leaving and i was like man as much as me and this guy didn't didn't get along i was still like dude are you sure you want to do that man why don't you just do it, it's an, it's only another hour and a half and we're we're done dude why don't you just hang out and you know you know don't leave man like i yeah. don't want to see you get fired i don't want to yeah. i don't want to see you get in trouble you know as much as i don't like you i don't want to see you get in trouble and and the other guy on the crew was like bye <laughs> you know get <laughs> out of here and uh, you know like i just i just couldn't not say something you know as much as i i didn't really like him it was like man come on dude just just stick it out like i don't want to see you get in trouble for something stupid as leaving early you know so that that's probably you know another trait that i really picked up from my dad is just kind of the ability to to care for people you know that are around me that you know are kind of in my circle you know even at times i might not you know really have good reason to care too much but it's kind of mm -hmm. you know one of the basis of, of our companies you know just building up the brotherhood un underneath you know the flag of of low drag line hand it's like you know our customers are everything to us you know and we do do everything we can to make things right you know and make sure we take care of them as much as possible man you know that that's an admirable yeah. trait brother you don't really see that much these days you know what i mean especially with someone who you don't really like you know what i mean for you to step out and be a brother's keeper you know what i mean as we like to call it yeah. i mean that that's an admirable trait bro and that's that's awesome that you're going to share that with your children you know and it's good to see that you recognize that being passed down from your father to you now to your kids you know what i mean that's that's something that we like to see you know what i mean with at the show up dad um i want to transition into you being a father right now okay kevin so you went from being a journeyman lineman right and now you're a widely recognized distributor of line goods, okay, with low drag line hand. What sparked that change, brother, if you don't mind me asking? Um, you know, there's, it's crazy. So originally, you know, when I started doing line work, um, you know, like the first crew, first line crew, I, I was on a labor crew for the first almost six months and we hand dug holes and we we blasted and and we were on the western slope of the sierra so lots of granite a lot of a lot of that stuff but anyways the first line crew overhead line crew i went to um it was like it was it was weird because i had always looked at pg e as one of those jobs that's like really hard to get 
if you do get a job there, you, you know, you have your life together, you're a good, you know, for lack of a better word, a good person, you know, like, and I found out really quick that that wasn't the case in line work. <laughs> it, it was like, um, this guy's an alcoholic drug addict. This guy, um, his, his wife won't talk to him. He, his second, you know, he's on a second wife. She won't even talk to him. This guy is um, getting in fist fights with his daughter's boyfriend, her boyfriend's dad, her boyfriend's uncle. You know, it, there was one guy on the crew that was like pretty straight laced, had, you know, a normal functioning home, you know, wife, kids. He, he was, you know, old. I was young I, and I was like 19, 20. So like I'm a I'm a baby compared to compared to everyone. And um, and it was that way for a long time. But um, I was like because I always wanted it, like kind of my goal after high school was like get a good job, start a family. Like that was, I just wanted, you know, that was what I wanted. And once I was around these guys for about a week, I was like, I will never, ever let my life turn into what their life is. Like I will never let that happen, period. And um, there were some times where, where it got pretty close to being like that, you know, and, and I was able to kind of, kind of pull out of it, but, um, and have had a, I've had a failed relationship. We weren't married, but we were close to being married. And, um, it, it was just like, dude, I, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I, I will not let my life turn into this. I will not, you know, fall into to drinking or drug abuse. I will not, you know, my kids are going to love me. My kids are going to talk to me, you know, like there was, and, and it was like every other crew I went to, cause we bounced around from crew, you know, every few months they do a crew shakeup and there's a lot of guys that worked in our area. So it was like, every time I would go to a new crew, it was like, there was at least two or three guys that had some serious drama going on. Like just ex-wives and alimony and child support and it was like damn dude why i can't you know I, it was it was just crazy because i'd never been exposed to that mm -hmm. and although you know my dad came from a broken home like when my dad's real dad would come to town he would stay with my grandma and my grandpa my i call him my grandpa i called them both my grandpa but you know with my grandma and my step uh grandpa so it was like I had been around, you know, kind of dysfunctional, what you would label as dysfunctional or broken homes or whatever. But it was never um, like drama. It was never a bad thing. It was just like, hey, that's just the way it is. You know, grandpa's coming in from Texas. He's going to, you know, stay with grandma and grandpa in, you know, Orville or whatever. Mm -hmm. it, uh, so all that kind of stuff was new to me. But later on, I worked... Um, and I always associated it to being out of town mm -hmm. because we traveled a bunch, even though we worked for the utility um, and I didn't travel nearly as much as I traveled hardly at all because I was able to make a move but into a different department. Um, but a lot of these guys that I was working with, I mean, they would be home or what you would call home. Um, and then they would get 
sent, they called a rotation. They would get sent to the Bay Area for, dude, six months, 18 months. It was like, so I always associated that, you know, once you got home, once you were able to work from home, everything would be fine. Everything would be great. And then I worked with a dude whose dad worked for the same company. And uh, he was like, you know, um, like we were just talking and he's like, my dad was gone all the time. And I was like, really? Well, he's been, you know, here working the whole time. He's like, yeah, but he was never home. He, and he said um, something to the effect like, you know, there's nothing worse than when you're playing a baseball game in town, you know, your dad's home and you see him drive by in the company truck going out to put wire up or, you know, carpool, whatever. And I was like, damn, like it just hit me like, man, I never even that never even crossed my mind that you could be home and just completely not be present, whether it's, you know, call outs, emergency call outs, because the way PG was kind of structured was they would they had a department a construction department and then a maintenance department the maintenance department had one yard they would stay there they could stay there their whole career you know never leave that yard um and then the construction guys bounced around a lot um and it was like oh if i could just get into the maintenance you know i'll be able to be home every night and you know establish a, a solid life and then i made it there and realize that man it's it's just it's the same stuff going on here just you know kind of a different way of doing it you know like would you rather have your dad not be at your baseball game because he's you know 200 miles away at work or would you would you rather your dad not be at your baseball game because he just got got called out to work to go to the next town over and replace a pole either way your dad's not there you know and it's like, you know, six to one, half dozen to the other. So that was kind of the turning point where it was like, man, I need to start thinking of, of, of ways where I can, you know, now I'm getting married. This is about the time I'm getting married. So, you know, we want to have kids and, you know, I was just always kind of like thinking, how can I, how can I manage this? How can I, you know, balance it? Because when you don't have kids, it's kind of, you know, it, it's whatever, dude, like you can come and go as you please more or less. But once you get married, you know, and, and it was like when we get married, we're having kids. That was like, you know, that's why we're getting married, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope I answered your question, but I started yeah. rambling a little bit. No, yeah. no, no, it's all good, brother. It's It's cool to see that your story resonates with me and it resonates with a lot of our listeners. You know what I mean? I, I myself, I grew up in the construction and then I thought like you, I'm going to go work at this utility. Okay. Same thing. You know, even though I wasn't home or even though I was home, you know what I mean? I was getting call outs. I was always working. I was always at work. I think I was more at work being home than I was when I was out of town. Cause at least out of town, if you got time off, you were off. You weren't, getting a phone call saying, Hey, you know what I mean? Here's your call out or whatever, you know? So I tried that business and then I tried uh, being a co-op as well, you know, and same thing, you know, I mean, just getting called out all hours of the night, you know what I mean? Um, different scenarios. And like you said, you're never really there. And even when you're there, 
that week, like you're on call. I don't know how PG and E does it, but at the utility I worked at, if you were on call, you're always waiting for that call. You couldn't even, you couldn't relax. You know what I mean? Because you're like, oh man. And it just so happened to be that if you're eating with your family, you got the call. You know what I mean? It's almost like the luck of the draw, you know, Murphy's law or whatever you want to call it, you know, the cosmos or whatever. It always lined up when you were having to do something with your family, you know what I mean? And it, it just yeah. sucks, you know what I mean? And uh, it's good to see that, you know, you recognize that and you were like, you know what? I need to make that change, you know? Um, so you did answer that question. I thank you for that, brother. Uh, what are some of the positive effects that you see from making this transition that you did from being a lineman to, to being an entrepreneur now? Yeah, there's been, there's probably been just as many negative effects as there is positive effects. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the grass is always greener. You know, it was like when I was in, you know, on the construction side, it was like, oh, if I could only get here, you know, if I could only get to maintenance. And then it was like, oh, if I could only move out of California, you know, if I could only get here, you know, and it's like, man, if we could, if we could only build low drag line hand big enough to where we could do that full time, you know, and, and we got to that point. And then it was, it was like, okay, it, you work on these goals and you get to that goal and then you're like, okay, I did it. I, I was able to, to make enough money to pay my bills, to quit my job. And now what, you know, it's like, what's the next goal? Well, um, anyways, but, but the, the positive that came with it was I am in 100% control of my life and my family's life. There is no one that's going to tell me to do anything. And for a long time, I always had more or less someone telling me when to be to work, when I could go home, when to come back to work. And I got a paycheck every two weeks, like clockwork, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether I was there or on vacation, not there, you know, like I was getting paid, that was happening. And um, to go from such a, a structured, regimented, career to now like okay you did it you were able to quit <laughs> you know now you know rent's due in in 10 days it it kind of um the first six months was like the most stress filled anxiety filled like you know because it was constantly constantly like when I would be at work doing line work, I'd be like, man, if I could only just get like four more hours a day in the shop at home, you know, if I could only get four more hours a day. Well, then it was like, well, now you got 24 hours. Now what are you going to do? And I used as much of those hours as I could. And I had myself like barricaded in here, just working, 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 working. And, um, and that, that was the, the first time. So I, I've quit a couple of times. I've quit and gone back a couple of times. So, um, it, it, it kind of got unhealthy. Like it, it was really like, um, you know, kind of like being on call. You're just, you always got that phone on your, in your pocket. You're always waiting for that phone to ring. 
And, you know, we were fortunate enough to really um, find a place to rent that had a shop, you know, so we were able to save quite a bit of money with being able to operate from the house. And I mean, our shop is, is perfect for what we have going on. Like we have just enough room, uh, power, you know, heat, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, and, and we're able to, you know, be big enough and have enough room to have employees and stuff like that. But so now I can't get away from it. Mm. You know, every free, free moment I have in the house, I'm looking out the window at the shop. I'm like, man, there, there's always something to do. There's always like, oh, I could be, you know, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. I need to get this done. Like constant, like never really being able to break, really break free from it. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was like a magnet just constantly trying to pull me out here. So um, I got a phone call from a friend. He's like, hey, I'm in a position. I need, um, I need some help. I need some people in my corner. There's a new company starting. They're contracting on PG&E property. I know you, you know, you're pretty familiar with the way that they do things and, and their spec book is like ridiculous. You know, I I don't know if you've ever worked on PG&E property or know people that have, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the spec is, is over the top for one. And then their stuff, they were, I mean, it was like every, it seemed like every week we were getting an update, like a, you know, a small update to the spec. Don't, you know, we're not doing this anymore. We're doing this now, you know, and, and every, you know, month it was like a pretty significant change. It felt like, so, um, I was familiar with it and, um, knew how to navigate it. And so we were like, all right, let's, let's put low drag line hand on ice. I'll hit the road and, um, do some contracting and did that for a while and it, and it kind of fizzled out. We ran out, we basically ran out of work. So, um, went to work for another contractor and, um, was working, working for them for a little while and COVID happened. So my wife's at home, you know, I wasn't too far from home. I was like four hour, three, four hours from home and, um, COVID happens. And, you know, of course, it, it was a little scary when it started and it's like, you know, what's going to happen with school? What's going to happen with this? Well, then it's like, all right, schools are closed. We're, you know, they started closing schools because I was working in California. They start closing schools. They start doing, you know, like the shelter in place stuff. And then um, my wife's pregnant. Mm. And I was like, you know what? The three kids at home. Two of them are in school and are probably about to not be in, be in school. You know, one is the youngest at that time. She was, she's three now. So she just turned three. So she was, you know, almost two. And now she's pregnant. I was like, dude, this ain't, this isn't going to cut it. You know, drove over the Monday morning that I had work, said, hey, sorry, but uh, wife's pregnant um you know just just send the direct deposit on friday i don't need a check now i'm I'm out loaded my tools up came home and we were like let's see let's see what happens you know we had never we had never really been caught up on orders you know like we had always had plans like oh we're gonna hire you know we'll be able to hire i had a i had a business mentor who unfortunately passed away shortly you know shortly after me 
kind of meeting him and him taking me under his wing. But uh, the one thing he didn't talk to me about, well, he did, but he made it sound like it was no problem. Like, hey, grow, grow, grow. When you need to hire, hire. You know, like he just kind of breezed over it. Like hiring was was going to be, you know, the least of our worries. Well, hiring has been the most of our worries. So um, we've always been playing catch up, and it was because we were basing a lot of stuff we did on being able to hire. So, uh, anyways, came home from COVID, and we had never really like went just wide open with uh, the website and stuff. And we just said, hey, let's see what it'll do. And um, it it did well enough to where it was like, okay, I'll be home for a while. Let's let's go. You know, mm-hmm. roll rolled through another um opening and and it was we were to the point where it's like okay things are going good we still have enough hours for benefits um the hours are going to carry to the birth of our daughter so we'll have you know medical when she comes um let's do it let's go all in let's get some new equipment let's upgrade the way we're doing things let's really start to uh dive into that and um so we did with the kind of understand and and we talked about it my wife and i because she's she's as she's probably more important to the business than i am um it was like we were not doing what we did last time like we would rather have you gone six days a week than have you home seven days a week and out there working till you know, 11 o'clock every night. Mm. So, you know, it was like, okay, I, you know what, let's do it then. I, I can, I agree with you. You know, last time was just super rough on our family and, and the kids. And, um, you know, we're still, we're still behind on, you know, orders and shipping and stuff, but it's a much healthier business life, family life, father, husband, like everything had, has smoothed out. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a major pay cut from tramping around doing line work, you know, but the, the trade-off for us right now is worth it. Like being able to just say, Hey, I'm not that they've been able to play any baseball games or anything the last year, but the season is going to open up here this year. So um, that's getting ready to start. You know, just being able to say, I'm not missing this. I will never miss another game. I will never miss another daddy-daughter dance. Like, it's just, it's not an option. It's not happening. Is like, the, like, as long as I can pay my bills and put food on the table, if I could live that life, that's what I want. You know, um, it, it just... A little kind of a little off off track of it, but I have a friend and his dad um, he didn't work in the power line trade he but he worked in the energy trade um, spent his whole life working to the bone dude mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all the guys he worked with loved him we all loved him you know he was a great father. You know, they were separated. His 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 mother and father were separated. And I think they separated when he was pretty young. But 
you know, his dad had a longtime girlfriend and stuff like that. And um, freaking great, dude. Love this guy. And I don't know how long it was after he retired, but I think it was like three to six months after he retired, he got sick and um, he died fast for the disease he had. And, you know, he got to the point where he couldn't um, physically take care of himself anymore. And he had to rely on other people to physically take care of him. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you what, there wasn't one blue truck that pulled up in front of that house to help take care of that dude. The people who took care of that dude were his son, his longtime girlfriend, and his daughter-in-law. Those were the people that were taking care of him when he couldn't take care of himself. And it was like kind of seeing that, bearing witness to that, it was like as strong as the brotherhood is and as strong as some of my friendships are out in the trade when it comes down to it the only people that truly matter and will truly have your back when the time comes is your family mm. <laughs> you know your children your wife those are the ones that that matter mm. and maintaining those relationships and helping build those from childhood on it, I was like, that is my number one job in life right now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of took seeing that to, for it to like really set home, come home, like, dang, you know, mm -hmm. what I do out there on the rock right away, it's going to happen whether I'm there or not, you know, like, mm -hmm. If I'm not there, someone else will be there doing it, you know? So, man, I, I really liked what you, you said, know. Kevin, that it, it took that realization from seeing that and fortunate as it is through that man's death and the way everything happened, you know what I mean? That you, you saw that, right. And you used it to say to yourself, Hey man, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to do that to my family. And Man, that that's a that's an eye opener, bro. It it truly is, you know what I mean? And I know our audience are going to, you know, really really appreciate what you have to say because I mean, I'm blown away by that story right there, dude. I mean, I I really am. It really touched me, you know, because you're absolutely right, dude. At the end of the day, what are the you what are your kids when you pass away, what are your kids going to say about you? You know what I mean? Are they going to say, "Hey, daddy made a lot of money. He bought everything, but he never spent time with me." You know what I mean? Or are they going to say, Hey, you know, kind of like my buddy, Gene Gladman, you know, his, his upbringing. He told us one time on the podcast that he was poor. I mean, he was the 14th child out of 15 and <laughs> it did. Yeah. Right. And it didn't matter to him because <laughs> his dad was always there, always there. He was there yeah. to play baseball with them. And he said, no amount of money can ever replace that. You know? Yeah. And it's, good. it's, it's the, it, it's so many of us work with the goal of retirement in mind. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, you know, like you, you have this idea that once I get, once I retire, I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. But until then you're going to miss everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, my wife and I, when we were 
dating. You know, I've been, I guess I've been, I've been, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have like personal encounters or relationships with people and as, um, as insignificant as it might uh, be or sound, it had profound effects on, on the way I live my life now. So when we were dating, I had like a four day weekend and it was like, dude, we would just jump in the car and drive. Like it didn't matter how far, like if I could get back to work on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was that I had off by 7am or 6am, we're good. So we're like, Hey, have you been to Yellowstone? No. Have you been to Yellowstone? No. All right. Well, I get off work at 4.30, pack the car, you know, when I get home, we're hitting the road. So we drove from, it's actually working in Pismo Beach at the time. We drove from Pismo Beach in California. Um, we stayed at my parents' house, which was like five hours away, stayed the night there, and then went from there to Yellowstone the next day. Well, dude, we're sitting, we're sitting at Old Faithful on the bench, and I'm sitting next to this old timer, and he was from Sacramento. <laughs> Oddly enough, he was from right close to where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And he was a retired Sac County sheriff, mm-hmm. had uh, had been just, dude, had one hell of a ride as a sheriff deputy. And um, his body paid the price for it. You know, he'd been fist fighting bad guys and everything else, jumping fences, chasing people, whatever, you know, whatever bad stuff was going on in Sac County, he was right in the middle of it. So I'm sitting next to him and he's like, man, that's awesome to see. Cause at the time I was still in my twenties. My wife was in her twenties. He's like, man, it's so good to see young people like you guys out enjoying life and, and, and seeing things like this, you know, it's like not too many kids, you know, young, I say kids, but you know, young adults think about going to old faithful, you know, at least that's what he thought. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're like, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. right on. And, and he's, he's telling me, he's like, you know, he said, I work my whole life so I could go out and travel and do things like this. I'm doing right now. He said, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm never going to know what's on the other side of that hill right there because there is a sidewalk leading me to it. He says, if it ain't a paved path, I can't get there. I am so beat up and just wore down. I spent the best years of my life at work all the time. That's all I did. And um, he said, do not spend the best years of your life working. He's like, you'll have to spend some of it working. He's like, but though he said your years from, you know, basically when you graduate high school to, you know, mid forties, fifties, whatever, before retirement, mm-hmm. he's like, those are your best years. Don't waste those doing stuff. You don't want to do spend those years living your life and, and doing the things you want to do. Don't wait till you're old like me to go do a bunch of stuff you've been wanting to do your whole life. So, cause you won't be able to do it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> All right. You know, dude, I was like, man, it just kind of like hit me like, dang, dude, he's, he's preaching to me right now, dude. I'm, I'm, you know, he's making, he's making some good sense out of this. And uh, it was something, you know, I'd never really thought of. I'm like, Hey, you know, I've got some free time, go, go do whatever. 
but I never based anything in my life around living. I based my life around work, you know? Hmm. So that, that, hmm. that changed the way that my wife and I both kind of do everything. Like, these wow. are the best years. No, absolutely. Um, it's crazy to see that you're able to, you know, with, with this guy telling you that, you know what I mean? That you're able to just be able to share that now with your children. You know what I mean? You're this whole process that you go through, right. From working and all that stuff. It's like, it's come to full circle now and where you're at, where you're at. Right. And now you're able to share that with your children. You have that freedom. You know, uh, you were talking about how, when you transitioned into this trade or, or from your trade to what you're doing now, being an entrepreneur, that you don't have to listen to anybody really. You know what I mean? You're in total control now. You, you don't got to listen to people telling you this or that or anything like that. You know what I mean? Obviously you have your customers and, and everything in your fan base, but now you have more freedom. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. And being able to utilize the best years of your life, like that man said, those are words of wisdom right there, dude. I mean, and it's so yeah. true. You know, so many of us forget that we're more than just a provider or a paycheck for our families. You know, so many of us get caught up into this grind. You know, I had a, one of our guests come on the show and he's a motivational speaker. You know, he goes around the country, you know, with like NFL teams and stuff like that. His name's Dr. Billy Allsbrooks. And uh, the dude always says this. He say, he's like, job the acronym for job is just over broke he's like when you truly are doing what you love to do he's like you can work 96 hours bro and not be tired you'll be energized because you're living in alignment with your assignment you know what i mean and i yeah. i love i love what he says you know what i mean and that that's good to see that you're doing that you know what i mean and that's the whole goal that's what i needed to do for my family as well you know transitioning from the line trade to where I am now, to where I'm actually trying to give back and create as much value back to our community. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's it's hard. You know, there, it's um, it's been an emotional roller coaster going from doing line work to doing sewing. I mean, it doesn't get much more polar opposite than that. You know, and feeling like um you're leaving people behind you know that your your boys your brothers are out there working and you're at home and you know I, i've struggled a lot with the, the um, mental and kind of psychological side effects of i mean that was line work was my being a lineman was my identity more or less my whole my entire adult life you know and being you know and with like with what you're doing with the show up dad it's like gives it gives us um the ability to kind of step back from work and really think about what what is the most important things in your life what it why are you going to work every day why why are you doing this you know so i i yeah i appreciate what you're doing and giving back because it's something we don't talk about you know, we don't talk about it on the right of way. Like if we talk about anything, it's usually, you know, has to do with work or, you know, some other, you know, maybe derogatory stuff. You know, I mean, like that we 
Dude, the, the one thing you don't bring to work with you in your lunchbox is your feelings. Like those stay at home, you know, yeah. like you don't bring those to work with you. Yeah. You never sit down and have a real talk about like, man, I feel like I'm failing as a father or a husband. Like, like, dude, you're not going to say that to the, to your pole partner as you're, you know, driving out to the job in the crummy. It just ain't happening. <laughs> and and being able to, you know, provide a platform to where, you know, guys can can at least, you know, listen and, and absorb some of these things that they're all thinking, mm -hmm. you know, they're all they're all thinking it like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just, you know, honored that I can be, you know, a little a little part of it and help contribute, you know, because there there was a time where I was just like, dude, I'm failing. I'm like, I'm failing as a father, like, and, um, it, it was like, I was either out here working on the right way working or I'm on my phone. And, you know, we just recently cut Facebook and clear because Facebook and Instagram kind of operate, you know, it's more or less the same thing, but they operate completely different. Like the culture on Facebook is way different than the culture on Instagram. And, um, I mean, there was a point where it was just like, my phone was just nonstop, you know, like it, where I don't do D I cannot do DMS anymore. Like I just can't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking to my wife, like, God, you know, like we're trying to grow and build this business and provide the best, you know, customer experience we can and provide them with the, the best products that, you know, we have the ability to make. And, you know, it's like just, you know, one message turns into three or four more messages and correspondence, you know, and then then I got a hundred of them, you know, and it's like five o'clock in the evening. I got a hundred people I got to get back to. And it, it was just like, it, it was too much. It was just way too much. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't live like that anymore. Like I couldn't like every time, you know, my daughter or my son come up to tell me something and I'm like trying to like put the phone down. Like, God dang, man. Like it, and it can, it's, it's a failure that's super easy to to not even recognize it being a failure you know and there's so many other different things that can cause us to to fail as a father or a husband and being able to to i be able to identify those through something like you know your podcast and and hearing other guys you know talk about it yeah it's just it's great man because feel, feeling like you're feeling as a father is like when I felt like that, I was like, dude, I'm a dirtbag. Like as much as we may have materialistically or not, you know, that I mean, I drive a 2006 Toyota Sequoia with like 265,000 miles on it. You know, like I don't have I don't have what I had as a JL, you know, like so. But it's so much more rewarding for myself and the family of, of being able to have finally kind of found that balance after so long, you know? Mm -hmm.
No, so I agree you with know. you 100%, brother. And, and thank you for all the kind words that you said and everything. And that's why we do this here at the show up dad. Um, I think this is going to be an awesome episode. I think a lot of people are going to be tremendously blessed by you just opening up and being real to our audience. I wanted to ask you one last question, Kevin, looking back, let's say to when you're tramping around, you know what I mean? It's stuff like that. What advice would you give yourself to be a show up dad? Um, oh man, there's, there's probably quite a bit of advice I would have given myself. Um, Probably one of the number one things would just learn how to say no, like learn how to say no. Hmm. And I tell you, dude, it's freaking hard. I struggle with it every day still, like um, being able to say no to the phone call to come to work, being able to say no to going out to the bar after work, <laughs> you know, just learning how to say no would probably be one of the best words of advice I, I could have got. But, um, oh, and, and also probably like, you know, cause my life has, has changed so much that there was a lot that I took for granted when I worked like that I could have, use now so it'd be more kind of like um i mean forever dude for a long time like i i didn't have like my goal was retirement like that was my only goal in life like you know like just do just work make money and make it to retirement and once you retire you can do whatever you want you know your 401k or your annuity or whatever you have pension um like you'll be able to to do whatever you want then, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into into all the mistakes I've made along the way, you know, because there's been, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of them, but yeah. you know, with with yeah. the way things have turned out and the the position I am now to be like 15 years ago, set yourself some goals, you know, whatever it may be, you know, like. So many of us, I won't say so many of us, but I know there's a lot of us that um, will think like, you know, like when I started the business, it was like, if I could only, you know, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but like, if I could only, you know, get to the point where I don't have to do line work every day, I can do line work whenever I want. Mm -hmm. um, that that's a that's a goal that's i mean that's a good goal to have but you you need to always have something that you're building to like um i don't know i'm a little kind of all over the place with this i got so many things going through my head about <laughs> about goals and everything mm -hmm. um you will and and I've, i've i heard this from someone else this isn't anything i came up with but you overestimate what you can do in a month and you underestimate what you can do in five years. Um, so when you start thinking about, you know, a one-year goal or a two-year goal or a five-year goal or a 10-year goal, 
whatever whatever it may be you know whether it's it's um you know buying homes and turning them into rentals or flipping houses or like the work to achieve those goals starts now yeah you know and i'll yeah you know kind of use our our business as an example if i had been keeping a little notebook from the time i started doing line work about ideas and and things for gear and and whatever like i would i would have been so much further ahead when i really started you know like if you're able to to kind of figure out like what you want to be doing 10 years from now or 15 years from now mm -hmm. you can start working on it right now mm -hmm. and you can and and you can just start putting in a little bit of work every day and it it can be something as small as a google search or a phone call or an email you know it's i i think that's a big problem with guys like myself um is not having that goal you're kind of working to working toward to and trying to achieve and the only goal being retirement because you find yourself in those years between working and retirement that you really have no direction like all you got to do is just show up to work every day mm -hmm. you know if you have a, a purpose beyond you know retirement a goal you're trying to reach i think it just helps kind of you know straighten you out a little bit and, and keep you more more focused on just the way you're leading your life in general you know like because before i had ever even thought about going into business for myself i mean it was like every day was just kind of like a crapshoot just whatever comes of the day whatever you know i mean plans and stuff with family mm -hmm. but like it mm -hmm. i think it, it's really fulfilling mentally because we make you know the money we make in the trade is really good and um being able to put all of your hard work towards a goal other than retirement would probably would probably be the advice i would give myself as a, mm -hmm. as a youngster when i started like give yourself something else to work for not just you know your pension or whatever Hmm. No, I like that. And those are definitely sound words of wisdom right there, bro. Because uh, one of the last conversations I had with my brother, I asked him, I was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? I was like, oh, you want to leave a legacy or, or what, you know, I was trying to get him to think big, right? Have a vision. Yeah. And he told me, all I have is 20 more years, bro. He's like, that's it. He's like, and then I'll go hunting or whatever the heck I'm going to do. He's like, but I just got 20 more years, you know, this damn trade. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate mm -hmm. as that sounds, he didn't have 20 more years. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he, he passed away two weeks later, you know what I mean? On a hunting trip. And uh, that's one of the things I just wanted to bring up real quick, bro, because not even knowing you or anything like that, just reaching out to you because he loved your, your hats and everything you stood for. Um, in fact, one of the last pictures ever taken, he was in a low drag line hand MFJ L hat. Okay. That was like, that was in fact the day before he died when him and his wife were up against the tree. I, I think I showed you that picture and, uh, yeah. you know, just reaching out to you and just what you're able to do for his family, bro. 
from my family to your family, dude, on air, I just want to thank you, dude, because you didn't have to do that. You know, you guys helped out his family tremendously. And that's what brotherhood's about. That's that big heart you spoke about earlier on. And I just want to thank you because you got that from your father. You know what I mean? And now you're going to transition that to your children. And that is a great trait, bro. It, it truly, truly is. And I just want to thank you for that, dude, because you were able to just reach out and bless someone in need, you know what I mean? Like his family. And uh, I, I thank you for that, dude. Just on air, I just want to say thank you so much, dude. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, and um, dude, I'm sorry for your, your guys's loss in, you know, when God, it just, um, man, when you, when you sent me that message and that picture, I was just like, that's me sitting, that's me sitting against that tree with my wife, you know, like that, that's any one of us. And, mm -hmm. um, that's, it's, you never, you never know when you're going to punch that last ticket. And, uh, I'm, I'm thankful and, and blessed that we've been able to, to build a brotherhood, you know, with low drag line hand to where we're, we're able to kind of be the conduit to, to pass a hat, you know, and, and help out a fellow brother. Cause, um, you know, it, it happens, um, it happens a, a lot and, and most of the time it goes unnoticed and we're just, we're just, blessed to be in this in the situation that we're in to to be able to to help other line families out and uh trust me it it was uh it was our honor to be able to to help his family and your family out a little bit it, it, uh, you know it, it it brings us joy too you know it's not it's not a one-way uh street you know so it 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 makes us feel good to be able to to do something like that and give back, you know, to the people that, that support us too. You know, he had one of our hats on. It's just like, Oh my God, you know, like I touched that hat, like everything that comes out of this shop goes through these hands, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for, for saying that. Uh, no worries, brother. Once again, Kevin, thank you for being a part of the show up dad movement. Um, you know, this is, this is an honor to just have you on here, brother. And just to thank you and just for you to share with our listeners, you know, being real with, with, with our audience, you know, the struggles you went through and stuff like that. Um, we are a nonprofit organization looking to ignite the fire for father engagement here at the show up dad, um, for more info on our critically acclaimed fathering and 15 program, go to the show up dad foundation.org. And uh, this episode is brought to you by our sponsors of On Fire Ministries, Line 11, and the Modern Day Tradesmen. Right now, Line 11 Clothing is Modern Day Tradesmen are just launched their new lineup of extra cool gear. Check them out. They're on Instagram. And uh, Kevin, I just want to have you share with our audience how they can reach out to you. And if you have anything that you have putting out right now, if you would want to share that, I'd be more than happy to have you do that for us. Yeah, um, we we cut our Facebook page in the clear for now. We just we made it inactive. We're um, we got a little bit of a hump to get over. Once we get over that hump, we'll open Facebook back up. Uh, I I just feel like I couldn't provide our our uh, customers and followers on Facebook the attention that that they deserve. So, um, but Instagram, 
we're on Instagram at low underscore drag underscore line hand. Um, and you know what? I think there is there is one thing I want to say. We're getting ready to start a compensation program mm -hmm. where um, you take a picture, hashtag low drag line hand, tag us in the picture. If you have a private account, probably put it in your stories. I'll be able to see it if it's in your stories. Um, I don't think I can see it on your page if you're uh, if you have a private account. So um, there's been a ton of companies that have been able to build their business and their brand off of our hard work as linemen. Um, and I want to be able to give back to the people, to the brothers on social media that take pictures and repost them and tag us in them and help spread the word and the movement of what we're doing. So um, we're starting the compensation program, tag us, hashtag low drag line hand. And once a month, we're gonna do a drawing. We'll give away hats, stickers, um, gift certificates, uh, and even some gear. So um, that's just kind of our way of, of giving back to the people that have helped uh, build our brand on social media. Because honestly, without Instagram, especially Instagram. I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at in the support of the brotherhood. Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of us have uh, kind of been taken advantage of when it, when it comes to our hard work. And um, uh, there's, there's some people, you know, uh, making a lot of money off what you guys are doing in the field. So um, we want to get back to the brotherhood. So that's, that's kind of our goal. We don't really uh, have any like new products or anything that we're dropping right now. Um, you know, th there's there's not a whole lot going on on the website, but we do uh, we do make announcements on our newsletter. You can sign up for that at lowdraglinehand.com, and we make announcements on on Instagram of when we're going to be opening up and taking orders and stuff like that. But we're making good headway. We got two employees, you know, that are part of the team now. And uh, we couldn't do it without you guys. So to all the hands out there, thank you guys so much for for helping uh, build us. And uh, we're doing we're doing everything we can. Announcements on, on Instagram like that, but we're making good headway. We got two employees, you know, that are part five generations removed from the trade, making your stuff, making your gear. We're doing it. We're out there. Well, right on, brother. Once again, Kevin, thank you for coming on here, dude, and just sharing everything, dude, and. We support you 100% here at the Show Up Dad Foundation. And, uh, dude, thank you for coming on this podcast and making this happen, bro. I know you're a busy guy, and thank you, bro. No, thank you. I'm I'm, I'm just glad to, to, you know, hopefully I was able to, to shed some light on, you know, the struggles we all face out there, you know, whether you're a lineman or, or, or not, you know, mm -hmm. um, of, of how important it is to, to be present when you're home. And or just be present in general. So I, I like what you're doing. I, I'm, uh, I'm honored that you had me on here to, to share my story and what, what I got going on. Cause uh, there isn't anyone else out there talking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, once again, thank you, Kevin. And I appreciate you coming on brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you.